Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. It's Tony on tap, and I am with, once again, NWI Steve. It's Sunday Fun Day. We've got White Sox moves to talk about. But before we do that, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all of your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Steve, how are you doing tonight on this fine Sunday? Hey, yo, Anthony. I'm uh, in recovery mode from last night, but uh, pushing through it. Got to play like a champion. We got a couple, two, three things to talk about here. So let's get down to brass tacks, baby. Let's do it, Steve. Um, you know, you, you, the first thing that we've got to get out of the way is, you know, you said you got to play like a champion. Steve, are you getting yourself ready for lot B? Is that what you're saying? Is it spring training for you? You know, listen, um, I, I did get, you know, a little bit out of shape um, this off season, you know, so my, my goal that by the time we get to, Opening day, by the time we get to lot B on April the 12th at about 8 a.m. is to be in the best shape of my life, um, metaphorically speaking. So, you know, you, you got to get warmed up. You got to get loose. You can't just go out there and throw a complete game, you know, first first time out there in spring training. And you can't do the same thing on opening day. So you got to build your way back up into this thing. And that's what I'm looking to do here. There you go. I'm glad to see that you uh, have have gotten out of lockout mode and you're you're getting ready for what's going to be an excellent White Sox season. Um, speaking of an excellent White Sox season, we've got the moves to talk about and moves that are going to help this season be more excellent. And the one that I want to start with is Joe Kelly. I think this is a great signing for the White Sox. Uh, right before this, you see that uh, – uh, the the comments in in the media about Craig Kimbrell staying with the White Sox. We talked a little bit about that on Friday night. Now, just hours later after that, the signing of Joe Kelly breaks. What are your thoughts? I think it's a good move. That's some additional bullpen depth to uh, this core group that already was one of the best relief units in all of Major League Baseball last season, despite you know, you can make the case that they underperformed in certain aspects. And obviously having Aaron Bummer uh, miss some time, Garrett Crochet miss some time, and and several other key contributors, they still did a solid job overall. And now you add another quality arm into that mixer, another guy with a lot of swing and miss potential and um, is able to induce ground balls when the ball is put in play against him, which is very Key and beneficial playing your home games at the corner of 35th and Shields where the ball does fly, especially in the summer months when the weather turns. So this is something that is really going to help this team, I think, long term um, here in the 2022 season. And look, obviously, with the shortened spring training and the ramp up that's going to be associated with this, they're probably going to be a little more um, careful with the starting rotation throughout the course of the season here, I would say particularly the first six weeks. So adding in another quality arm that you can plug into multiple spots 
uh, throughout the course of a game, maybe even work multiple innings for you. That's something that will definitely come in handy uh, for this team here as they look to try to get through 162 games. Yeah, and Steve, I, I don't know if this is going to you know signal a, a Kimbrel trade. I don't know um, how this back end of this bullpen is going to ultimately set up, but you've got multiple weapons. And I forgot that Aaron Bummer even existed until whoa, I saw, whoa, saw photographs whoa, of whoa. him today. This bullpen, Steve, I know we talked about it last year. I know, I know, I know all of the, the, the hype that surrounded it. I mean, Kendall Graveman, Aaron Bummer, Garrett Crochet, Liam Hendricks, potentially Craig Kimbrell. Where do you go wrong? Tony LaRusso is definitely going to have a lot of weapons at his disposal here and really going to be able to mix and match depending on situations throughout the course of the game here to really go out and attack the opposition. And you know, for being the, the Hall of Fame baseball person that he is and someone that really kind of innovated the the modern day bullpen in a lot of aspects here. He's got weapons now, um, even more so than he did a year ago to really go out there and attack teams on a nightly basis. And I think that is something that is really going to help him um, just knowing that he's got different guys that he can plug into all of these different spots here. And he can have confidence knowing that, Hey, I'm going to go to a, a guy in this particular spot. And I feel he's going to get the job done. And that's a really good feeling for a manager to have. But is it safe to say that this bullpen right now is better than last year's, or did we learn our lesson? I think on paper, you could definitely make the case that it is better. Um, obviously, they, they have to go out there and they have to prove it on the mound. I think we all remember the infamous uh, Sun-Times sports page headline, the pen is mighty. Um, and that certainly did not come to fruition for a good portion of the season there. Bullpens are volatile from year to year. You see this all the time um, from a team aspect and from an individual aspect for guys not named Mariano Rivera. You can go out there and you can have one really good year. And then the next year you follow, you follow that up and your performance can take a little bit of a downturn and then it can go the other way as well. So you hope that with some of the guys that maybe struggled a little bit last year, you see that bounce back form here in 2022. And I just think overall, this is this core group has a lot of weapons and a lot of different ways to go out there and attack hitters. I feel really good about and given some of the challenges that they're going to have with managing guys like Michael Kopech and his innings workload, Dallas Keuchel and his inability to kind of work deep into games, the bullpen is going to be very important. Now it's going to then be incumbent upon the three main stays at the top of the rotation there. Um, obviously Lucas Giolito, the big boy Lance Lynn and Dylan Cease. They're going to have to go out there and with consistency, pitch efficiently enough to get this team 18 outs to where the bullpen then only has to cover the remaining nine. That's going to be a key. That was something we didn't see early on in the season last year. And if they can turn that around here in 2022, going to be in much better shape. So I want to talk about what we saw last year in the bullpen for a minute. We saw a bullpen A squad and a bullpen B squad, and we called it out on the show consistently. And you can kind of tell during the course of a ball game, and based on some availability, which bullpen A squad or B squad Tony LaRusso was going to deploy into some of these games last year. When I when I asked you where do you go wrong, 
how are you staging these guys up, Steve? Because I have a feeling that Tony LaRusso is going to stay with that sort of tactic. And I think you've got multiple guys that can that can close ball games. Now, I'm a big fan of the traditional closer, but when you have a bullpen that is as stacked as this one is right now, I can sort of see this being just a, an absolute weapon. And again, I know uh, we went through this last year, and I thought that that pen was was one of the best. This is this is insanity here. Bullpen A squad, bullpen B squad. Steve, you talk about Dallas Keuchel, Michael Kopech managing some of those innings. How are you stacking them up if you're Tony Larusa? Well, I think obviously um, Liam Hendricks is going to be the guy that's going to be handling the bulk of the ninth inning workload. Uh, we've talked about this on a number of different occasions. He is a guy that is more than willing and capable to pitch in the sixth, seventh, or eighth inning, uh, be able to go out there and throw multiple innings uh, for the team. But it seems like for the vast majority of the season, um, TLR insisted on using him in that traditional ninth inning role. Is that something that could change here? Second season back in the dugout remains to be seen, obviously, but assumption that he is going to continue to deploy Hendricks in that manner. And then, you know, the eighth inning to individual matchups, depending on where the opposition is at in their lineups. Obviously, you've got Aaron Bummer from the left side, and I think Kendall Graveman is really going to be the guy that is going to serve kind of in that eighth inning, you know, immediate bridge to Liam Hendricks from the right side there. And then you've got, uh, you know, the likes of, of Joe Kelly, their sixth, seventh inning to be able to cover uh, whatever is needed from that standpoint. And then Garrett Crochet and Ronaldo Lopez in kind of long relief roles there. So um, I know this might leave your your buddy, your pal, Jose Ruiz, might, um, oh, might be man. the odd man out in this equation here. So I'm, I'm, Steve, I'm here I, for I, it. I'm here for it. I, look, I'm here for you if, if we need to talk through this. Um, you know, just, just know that, um, you've got my support in, in this very trying time. Heartbroken. You know, the, the, the Matt Foster's and the Jose Ruiz's, uh, that we saw of, of the last kind of bullpen through the end of the rebuild there. It, it's amazing to see how far the bullpen development has come and where that help has come from, because it's been all outside. Mm-hmm. It's been all outside, outside of Michael Kopech last year. You know, Aaron Bummer is still kind of your stay, but they've brought in a lot to shore up the end of that bullpen, Steve. And I think it's an interesting strategy uh, given, you know, where the White Sox are and where they see that they have problems. You go back to the last two playoff series, Steve, and starters going deep into ball games just is is not something that you see as, as often in the regular season. And I think, you know, if you go back to that series in Oakland with Ricky Renteria in that last game, and you just see them churn through bullpen options. It's almost as if this front office has responded to a, a, a glaring hole and a need, uh, not only for Ricky Renteria, but also for Tony La Russa, as you saw in kind of that Carlos Rodon strung together start that they had in the last game of the season in 2021. And they want to make sure that this is not a fucking problem next year. Well, I think the best way to go about doing that would be to <laughs> address and add another quality starting pitcher that you know can be able to give you some length and give you some. I think that uh, should be the next item on Rick Hahn's wish list here. You know, we're obviously going to talk about uh, the way the second base position has been addressed. Um, I think it's definitely going to be of paramount importance now that Han go out there and find a way to get another 
starting pitcher that can give you some length and give you some volume here because that's going to be the best way to go about saving your bullpen, as Hawk used to say. Yes, I, I think I think that the White Sox do need uh, potentially another starter. However, they did today. Before we get to the second base stuff, let's stay on the pitching side. Um, uh, they did sign Vince Velasquez. Um, Steve, thoughts on this signing here? He doesn't really jump off the charts in terms of of stats but he's had some he's had some decent years um what, what are your thoughts on this is this a 4a guy kind of just depth signing or are they going to try and do something with him i know he's he's kind of bounced around uh to san diego last year uh after getting shipped off from the phillies but what, what do they have with velasquez yeah, this is a guy that was a former top prospect in the Houston Astros organization. Um, the fact of the matter is he's had big stuff at times, and he's put together some outings. I remember watching a game uh, that he started when he was with the Phillies in 2016-2017 when he had a 15-strikeout complete game performance. And you would see these little glimpses, and then he would just follow it up with four or five stinkers in a row. So you just never really saw – the consistency out of him that ultimately you were expecting from just the raw stuff and, and the raw pitchability that was there. Um, he's had some control and command issues in the last couple of seasons. So my guess with all of this is Ethan Katz must see something that he feels like he can tweak and, and feels like he can fix and make him a viable member of this pitching staff. What exactly that is, you know, we obviously aren't privy to that at this moment here. Um, and I would just think that he's probably going to be one of those guys in a similar role to Ronaldo Lopez and to Garrett Crochet, um, maybe, you know, making a spot start here every once in a while. If they, if they want to use a six man rotation or with double headers or multiple innings out of, out of the bullpen, I've heard some rumblings and, and seen a couple of things on twitter.com here and there that there might be up to 30 roster spots to start the season in April, just due to the condensed time frame associated with the ramp up here and, and this abbreviated spring training. So if that's indeed the case, um, it's kind of a big nothing burger. And, you know, if you get anything out of them, great. If you don't, then, you know, you cut bait. Yeah, Steve, I've just in personal experience following this guy's career, I've, I've had him on my fantasy team a couple of years and he he's he's streaky. Um, it kind of exactly what you said. He'll string together a couple of outings, and they're they're brilliant. Um, you know, six seven innings of you know really good baseball. Uh, you know, has the strikeout stuff, and then he'll just go out there and lay a, a just the worst start down for you. Um, I, I think you're right in in terms of uh, saying that you know Ethan Katz probably sees something here. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what exactly that is. And if you can get anything out of him and he provides additional depth in case, you know, somebody goes down inevitably, um, I think that this is a good move, but I don't think it's the move uh, that we're looking for in terms of starter that's going to make a, a major impact on, you know, just the overall uh, uh, sentiment that we were just getting at in terms of go find that, next guide to to be with those big three that you mentioned earlier i i have a lot of faith steve and michael kopech to provide us with a lot of quality innings i think he's gonna you know he's got all the potential in the world to be better than you know what we expect him to be in that role but 
you know, that that's kind of that's shaky ground. So I can agree with you there that, you know, the Sox need to go out and do something more. I don't know if they will, though. I think that that might be something that they fall short on. I don't exactly know what's out there right now. And as you said on Friday, that's probably in the trade market. And you saw Chris Bassett move. Uh, I think he was probably on their list. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, is there a name out there that the Sox can go get and be that guy? Yeah, I mean, I think if you, if you look at it, um, the other two starters out in Oakland, Sean Manaya from the left side, um, you know, fellow Northwest Indiana guy, and um, Frankie Montas, former White Sox legend. You know, those are two guys Oakland is committed to doing a full-blown teardown here. Those are two guys that are going to be available. It seems like there is some smoke around uh, the discussions for Sean Manaya, And then you look at the Cincinnati Reds, what they did today, moving Sonny Gray. You know, they've got a couple of other guys. Luis Castillo, I think, is going to be very cost prohibitive for the Sox. And then a guy like Tyler Maley, who has some significant upside to him, um, has shown above average performance to this point. And that's a guy that I personally would rather take a flyer on him versus a Sean Manaya. But again, will it be cost prohibitive due to the years of contractual control that Maley has versus Manaya being on the last year of his deal? Um, I feel like if something is going to happen in that regard, it probably would be Sean Manaya just because the cost aspect of it to acquire him would be significantly less than some of the other options that are available out there in the starting pitching market. Steve, if you had to put a percentage on it, uh, you know, how confident are you that they're going to go make a move for this starting pitcher? I would say 56.27%. Very, very to the point there. I'm glad that you came up with uh, a number that you couldn't just think up of off the top of your head. That was excellent. I'm glad that that's the content that we're bringing everybody tonight, Steve. Um, I want to move into the next uh, White Sox acquisition that we got, and that's Josh Harrison on the second base shore up move uh, to come in here and help Larry Garcia. This one isn't exactly as... Sexy, I think, as people wanted it to be, but it's not a bad move, Steve. I, I kind of like it. What are your thoughts? I think it's fine. I think ultimately it's going to come down to how they go out and address right field and the starting pitching aspect of it here going forward. If they go out and make a significant move to address right field, whether it's with a Michael Conforto or in, in the trade market or going out and, and acquiring a quality starting pitcher. If they fill those other two needs appropriately, then the idea of a Josh Harrison, Larry Garcia platoon at second base is totally fine. Um, Harrison actually graded out really well defensively, according to a lot of the advanced metrics out there last season for a guy that's 34 years old. It's pretty, pretty surprising right there. So to see that, um, if, if that is something that is going to continue, that's, that's definitely a plus. For this team, he has shown some power at times throughout the course of his major league career. He's actually shown improved plate discipline over the last three to four years. There's been a lot of peaks and valleys with his with his slugging output here. So ultimately, you don't really know what you're going to get out of him. Um, but you know, he's a guy that look he, he's a long term or excuse me, a long time major league veteran. Um, you know, he's had success at, at this level playing for, for Pittsburgh and, and some other teams. So it's worth a flyer. You know, it's one year, $5 million. Again, um, 
I think you can get a reasonable platoon with him and Leary. And then if you just go out and address right field and starting pitching appropriately, it's fine. Yeah, and we'll see. There's going to be moves that will be made at the trade deadline too, Steve. I, I think that, you know, for all intents and purposes, um, you know, his last year totals weren't bad. Uh, eight home runs. I think you'd want a little bit more. I think you probably had a little bit more with Cesar Hernandez potentially coming back to the team. Um, uh, you know, he's he's got some speed. I've, I've seen some joking around on, on the uh, Twitter.com that people are going to be mad online when, when he bats second in the lineup. Um, does, does it bother you if that happens? I mean, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> yes, very, very much so. He should be hitting ninth. That's a good spot for him. Um, again, guy that puts the bat on the ball. I kind of um, tiptoed around this question. Yeah, I mean, the, look, their their lineup should be constructed with the top. You got TA7 at the top, Yohan Mankata, Luis. This might be a new record. And Jose Abreu. I mean, that, that that was like a Hall of Fame R roll right there. I, I want to get to Robert in a minute because he made some comments. Um, uh, to the media uh, about uh, holding it back and, and stuff and in and, and spring training. Uh, and I want to get to that. But, Steve, I agree with you on this one. He should be batting ninth if he's in the order. So should Lurie. Um, he's probably going to bat second, though, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to make people mad. It's going to make people mad. I'm here for it. Um, but, you know, overall, I, I don't think he's he's got – uh, you know, anything that's going to be too detrimental to this lineup. When you're looking at this lineup one through nine, if, if Harrison's your worst hitter in the lineup, you're going to be good. You're going to be good. That, that That's so far from where we were just years ago, where a guy like Harrison could be potentially batting second and we can kind of rationalize it. This is awesome to think about. It's awesome to think about. Uh, your your our role uh, got some comments here. Joey Ricotta, uh, holy shit! I have you guys on in the background, and my girlfriend just asked me if my phone had a virus. That's just incredible stuff. Uh, thank you, Joey, for Listen, letting that's, us know that's that. That's the folks come here for. This is the type of hashtag content that we provide on a night. I mean, I can't imagine that. somebody listening to this in podcast version driving down like into into the city tomorrow. And you getting to Luis Robert and them just not knowing what to do. I, I please we might have to put like a warning in there before that uh, that our role because that was not safe for for most. Um, Steve, acquisitions overall. You said on Friday night you don't see Rick Hahn really going and adding via the free agent market. What, what do I know? Here? Just explain what? this one to me. What do I know? You know, I'm just some I'm just some dope um, on Twitter.com that uh, likes to go out there, type words, and occasionally come on here and say open mouth, say things, and you know, periodically I say them and they're wrong. Hey, it happens. It's part of life. You know, you just but, deal but Steve, I like to I like to you know we we talk about tweet it into existence and, and all that other stuff. I feel like that's kind of the energy that you brought there. So we're going to try this. Maybe Anthony, maybe this is what it is. Maybe Rick Hahn heard my commentary and was so taken aback 
by it and kind of had a little you know chip on his shoulder that said okay you want to play that game i'll show you i'll go out there into that free agent market and i'll have a deal done with joe kelly I like, tomorrow i like this line of thinking that's exactly what i was kind of getting at steve so maybe for the rest of the year you know we, we might have to edit that segment out so rick doesn't hear you say that but maybe for the rest of the year we'll ju- you could just start talking about things that you don't think are going to happen because you actually want them to happen. We'll see how that kind of goes. Anthony, I don't know, man. You, you got to read the ticker here. R.I.P.I.P. gimmick season. What happened to gimmick season? I mean, baseball came back. So I think gimmick season is, is over now. But last year you had a very successful run with spring training over reactor. It's just, I don't have any inside sources on this one, Steve, but we're talking to the man himself right now. And the people want to know, is spring training over reactor coming back? You know, listen, you never say never. I mean, there was a time when uh, I disappeared into the ether from Twitter.com completely, and then uh, I reemerged. And I, I think I think you were the guy that broke that piece of news information, if I recall correctly. I was. Um, it was. April, September afternoon. Yeah. Um, so, listen, you never know. It was an but, August afternoon, actually. Oh, no, well, no, no. no. Well, it, was a, it was a September, because I remember I was uh, – I was in the airport, uh, getting ready to oh, get on yes. the plane, head down to Texas to do some in-person investigation, trying to get to the bottom of the Lance Lynn discussion, because again, we had to find out why was Lance Lynn acquired for Dane Dunning? We did do some solid detective work there. We did. And then so, you went out to Indiana to, to, to further find out what happened in that. I visited, I visited, deal. I visited St. Elmo's uh, steakhouse that uh, Lance Lynn, you know, frequents, you know, got the shrimp cocktail, um, you know, had a couple two tree pops, you know, down there, maybe ran up a decent uh, dinner tab. You know, it happens. It's part of life. And um, Lance was there and, and gave you the inside scoop. Yeah. Listen, that's just, that's the on tap difference right there. So, Moral of the story here is you never know. Spring training over reactor 2.0. Maybe you see him. Who knows? But as of as of this particular moment, RIPIP gimmick season. So more detective work we did here at Socks on Tap uh, just recently. Uh, have you heard the story of, of uh, Tony La Russa and Joe Kelly in the Lost World Series ring, Steve? I heard bits and pieces of it. I have not had the opportunity yet to put it all together. So please enlighten me, Anthony. So we've got an article up over at ontapsportsnet.com. I thought this one was actually pretty interesting. Um, you know, it, I, I saw a tweet yesterday that said uh, Tony La Russa was the driving force behind the, uh, the, the Joe Kelly signing. And I thought that that was, that was quite interesting. Cause I also saw some tweets after MLB trade rumors ran the, uh, the headline and people were like, almost like incensed. They're like, Oh my God, Tony LaRusso and Joe Kelly on the same team. That's going to be a disaster. You, you know, the, you know, those types of tweets. And I, I didn't really understand why people were, were, were thinking that. And I understand that, that Joe Kelly's got a little bit of an attitude. He's got a little bit of a flair for the dramatic. And he's a bit know, of a red ass. Let's just say. Yeah. He is. Yeah, he is. And I, I, I couldn't understand how Tony LaRusso would be the driving force. while you've got a bunch of people talking about how, um, you know, that they're not going to work well together. Cause I mean, you know, like the, that's just not going to mesh well. So I go do some digging and we, we find out. Um, and actually I've got to give, got to give some credit to my wife on this one. She found this, uh, the, the Tony LaRusso, 
and Joe Kelly relationship goes way back. And it's, it, I know Joe Kelly came up in St. Louis, but he wasn't coached by La Russa because he didn't come up until 2012. La Russa left, but it, it actually happened in Boston. La Russa was working in the front office and had to go deliver a, a, a first pitch. And Joe Kelly talks about this in an interview as La Russa is walking by through the dugout. He started like commenting on Tony La Russa's like old ass glove and told him like, you can't go out there with that thing. It's from like 1905 or something. And so Joe Kelly handed him his glove and Kelly never pitched in that game, but La Russa goes out there, catches the first pitch and then comes back into the dugout, hands his glove back over to Kelly. Kelly never pitches in that game, never, never touches his glove for the rest of the day. And he wakes up the next morning and he puts his hand into his glove and he's like, what the fuck is in here? And it was LaRusse's World Series ring. It's just, it, and then, you know, like he, he joked about it. He joked about it online because he went on Twitter and he told everybody, he's like, hey, Tony, like I've got something that you might want. And he, he joked about keeping it. And so like there was this whole little like back and forth about like, I owe you one. And there it is right here. Tony LaRusse going to go get Joe Kelly a World Series ring for saving his own. That's that's my prediction, Steve. Let's let's do it. Let's make that happen, because, listen, I'm all about, you know, standing on on some street corner in downtown Chicago, late October, early November with, you know, a couple, two, three million people celebrating the championship. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Joe Kelly is let's, an American let's, treasure. Let's speak it. We got a we got a, we got a comment in here from uh, Voodoo. Uh, Joe Kelly is an American treasure. I, I I agree with that one, Steve. Do you do you agree with that one? The content that we're going to get from Joe Kelly this year is going to be fantastic for this show. I mean, some of his wardrobe choices. I mean, are definitely going to provide some hashtag content. <laughs> I mean, Johnny's going to have so much fun with the socks on tap Twitter account and Joe Kelly. I'm excited for this one. I'm, I'm very happy with this move. It's going to be good. Yeah. He, he's going to be good in a number of different facets from, for us from a content perspective. And then also for, uh, for Tony, the Russo and for the squad, just going out there, missing some bats and getting some key outs. Yeah, absolutely. So Steve, we've got, uh, you know, we've gotten through all of these signings. Let's talk about some stuff that we've seen in spring training. We got guys showing up. Did you catch the video clip of uh, Tony La Russa talking uh, with uh, with some reporters? And uh, he he kind of like threw one at Danny Mendick. Did you did you catch that clip? You know, I haven't uh, caught a lot of things on Twitter.com today, so I've been. been I forgot the- that you were training for you were training for Lot B. I, I was I was training I was training for Lot B and then I had some uh, some familial obligations uh, today. Um, you know I had to you know Mama's birthday earlier on in the week, so I had to you know make make a return trip to the parents' house there to uh, kind of do a little celebration, all that nonsense stuff. So, so if, you know, if you didn't see this one, and I understand you've got you've got responsibilities. You're a hardworking individual. Steve. I'm a man you're of always the people. On the, you're always on the case, and you're a man of the people. If you didn't see this one, this was a real gem. Uh, LaRusse is talking to reporters and they ask him about last year and uh, Mendick's walking up to bat and and LaRusse just drops a a nice little comment about how he's so surprised that they made it as far as they did last year uh, with how many at bats that Danny Mendick got. And uh, you hear Mendick like off in the distance, like yell back at him like, yo, I heard that. And I I just thought it was a a nice lighthearted moment for the White Sox to start this year. You know, the players are all just arriving I believe today was the day that they needed to report. Um, 
I think this one came uh, yesterday, but uh, overall, I just think that it's, it's great to see the boys back together. It's, it's great to see, you know, that we're getting some comments and, and, and video footage uh, from those that are down in Arizona, Steve, I know you couldn't be there. And it's, it's very heartbreaking for me that I'm not getting, you know, the live updates. Hashtag uh, mad online. I, so you could be mad online about that one, but it's great to see the boys back together. It's great to see the team joking around with each other. Um, and it's great to see them making new additions at the same time. I kind of like this guys are in spring training while uh, free agency is still happening because I think it adds kind of like this extra element to the game. Are you enjoying it as much as I am? It is, and definitely. And this is obviously a very loose, cohesive unit. We saw that last year. Um, guys like Tim Anderson really do key things loose. You know, obviously Eloy uh, joking around when he's not going out there, you know, planting his face into a wall. Jose Abreu uh, keeps things very loose. So this is a this is a tight knit group. They like to go out there. They like to have fun, and then you know, get down to brass tacks. So it's it's definitely nice to be able to see that and. Uh, you know, just just keep it going. Look, at the it's a long season. You can't be 100% serious all the time. You got to go out there. You got to let loose a little bit. You got to do a little proverbial ball busting every now and then of your teammates. And it's just good from a camaraderie standpoint. And we see that obviously they're uh, they're picking it right back up. Absolutely, it's 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 just good to see. And I think the the fact that we're getting some spring training right now is a. Uh, is just definitely a much welcomed addition to my life that I didn't expect to be having, uh, you know, just a, a week or two ago, uh, I didn't expect this. So I'm, I'm, I'm just enjoying every single moment of it. Uh, Steve, in, in terms of, you know, where do we go from here? I know we talked about, you know, some of the, p- the potential trades um, that they can make. Uh, you talked a little bit about um, all of the acquisitions that the, that have been made already, uh, but we haven't really gotten to the right field thing uh, too much tonight. Uh, what are, are are your targets still, Conforto? Has it changed from Friday at all? Um, I've heard some some little rumblings of people talking about, you know, would you like Jorge Soler? That came from our good friend Ozzy Junior. I know you guys like to chop it up on Twitter. Uh, any outside of the box signings that you think that uh, the White Sox could potentially make, given uh, kind of them going off script than what we thought even just two days ago? You know, the one name that I'm wondering about if, and, and I don't particularly think Michael Conforto is going to happen. I don't think Jerry Reinsdorf is going to loosen the coffers um, enough to the point where he's going to be able to entice Scott Boris to get his client on a plane to Glendale to sign a contract. I I just don't see that happening personally. Um, One guy I'm wondering if he's going to kind of be the White Sox K-Market blue light special that we come to see. Maybe Jock Peterson finally finds his way to the south side. Um, You know, he he had that nice little run in the second half with the Braves, uh, helping them to win the World Series after he was traded from the Cubs. So he's he's familiar with the city of Chicago at this point. I'm old enough to remember when Twitter.com was responsible for nixing a trade of Jack Peterson to the White Sox a couple years ago. So what a group we are. Maybe maybe it finally comes to fruition this time here. That would again would be a guy that would provide some left-handed balance, um, give you some good pop from the left side. Strictly a platoon bat, so there are some limitations there, but maybe that's the option they go. As far as you know, creative trade options out there, 
I just I'm not really sure that the trade market for right field is is the way that they're going to go about addressing it. Who knows? Um, I just know that they need to go out and they need to get a real actual right fielder. If you didn't hear me talk about Cody Bellinger on Friday's show, uh, go back and check that out because I, I think that that one's mm, – I still like it. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to go too far in depth in that one. Steve, I want to talk a little bit about Luis Robert. Uh, let's not give any other uh, uh, phones viruses like we did the first time that we mentioned him. Uh, but, uh, Steve, you write you wrote a nice little piece on uh, Luis Robert over on tapsportsnet.com uh, that came out, I believe, earlier today. Uh, let's let's talk about Robert and let's talk about the fact that, uh, you know, when he met with reporters, uh, you know, they were talking about his running and La Russa didn't want anybody overexerting themselves. And uh, Robert came back with a comment there that he, he wasn't. That was him taking it easy. Um, that spurred a little bit of conversation amongst White Sox Twitter and White Sox fans. Um, what are your thoughts there? And, and let, let's talk about uh, surrounding Luis Robert, as you wrote in your in your piece at ONTAP. Listen, Luis Robert is a physical freak. We've all talked about this ad nauseum, as as our buddy Johnny likes to say. He's, he's an Under Armour mannequin in real life. And the fact of the matter is this guy's skill set is – one of the most explosive skill sets in the game of baseball right now. We saw in the second half of last season when he came back from the torn hip flexor injury in August, just what he can be. So at the end of the day, and this obviously circling back to the right field discussion here, you can't surround him with two defensive liabilities on each side of him. You need to go out and you need to figure out who an appropriate real professional right fielder is that you can put next to him, which would allow him then to shift more of his focus over towards covering, you know, the left center field. Did you just there. say that Gavin Sheets isn't a real professional major league right fielder? I, I, I did say that. Yes. You're, Those you're, words listen, just listen, come out listen, of your mouth. Your, 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 your baby boy, your baby boy can absolutely have a role. It's just not in right field. I, Steve. I, I, I know, I know it is the proud papa that you are that that's going to hurt your feelings a little bit. We'll just call this a little bit of tough love, but the fact of the matter is Luis Robert needs to be protected. He's the most important player in this organization, as I wrote about here earlier today, and they need to treat him as such. And they need to go about putting the necessary resources around him to protect him, to allow him to be that guy. Gavin Sheets for DH. Um, uh, I, I just I just want that bat in the lineup, and I'll talk about Gavin Sheets on this show way more than any other White Sox podcaster will talk about Gavin Sheets on any network. Uh, I just I think he's got the the ability to be what the White Sox have been looking for for so long in that that left handed power bat. Um, but we'll probably you know just just some bold predictions, Steve. We'll come down to Gavin Sheets and Jose Abreu. And Gavin Sheets will probably go hit home runs somewhere else. And that's going to be a sad day for me. Just trying to look into the future for a second here. And I think you're, you're nodding your head and you're, you're, you're kind of just preparing me for the inevitable, but Steve overall, you know, this White Sox team going into this year, I want to gauge your level of concern. If they don't address the starting pitching that we talked about earlier in the show, 
if they don't address right field right now, say the moves are done right now, we're still winning the AL Central, correct? Absolutely. Um, I I can't envision a scenario where this team does not repeat as division champions. We saw them overcome adversity with the mountain of injuries that started around this time a year ago last season with Aloy Jimenez and then obviously Luis Robert. Um, does, does the Twins signing Sonny Gray raise any of your concerns? No. Next question, I just wanted to slip that in there somehow. <laughs> I just wanted to slip it in there somehow. I know that that, one, that move made no sense. But I, I do think that the White Sox are able to go out and win this division without doing all of that. And it's because of that guy that you we were we were just starting to talk about, Luis Robert. Um, I think he's going to have a big year. If he plays 150 games, and I put it, it's in print. My name is next to it, so the internet lives forever, as they say. If he plays 150 games this year, I think he is going to finish in the top three in the American League MVP voting. So, if you were a betting guy, would you would you place money on that? I know how you feel about. Betting. Oh, ever listen. Everybody knows I'm 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 big better guy. You know that's that's definitely my my thing. You know I'm the you big are a, better you guy. Are a big better guy. Um, if, if I were to do that sort of thing, I I would you know I would place some money on Luis Robert top three MVP voting. Yeah, you would you would place some money, and if you were going to do that, you would do it at Bet Rivers. I would. I you would do it at would. you would do it at Bet Rivers because Bet Rivers supports on tap Sportsnet, and we support on uh, Bet Rivers. Use code on tap. And sign up at Bet Rivers if you haven't. Mobile registrations back in Illinois. Head on over to Bet Rivers. We've got the NCAA tournament coming up. You know, Steve loves college basketball. That's where he's going to place all of his bets over at Bet Rivers using code ONTAP. You can get up to a $250 deposit match using that code. Steve, who do you have winning the NCAA tournament? I haven't even looked at a bracket yet, so I can't tell you. Uh, that's probably a decision that I will make. Um, are your Purdue, are your Purdue guys gonna? I don't. I haven't looked at the uh, the the brackets yet either. Well, as someone that is a um, you know a historian of Purdue basketball, having been someone that holds a degree, I don't even Purdue know if they University. made the tournament. That's just that's just me right now. Did they make the tournament, Steve? Yeah, yeah, they made the tournament. Okay, um, so are they going to go over? Are they going to beat Johnny Nani's uh, alma mater? Um, again, I haven't looked at the brackets, but the one thing I will say, if history serves as any guide, if Purdue comes into a tournament with expectations, don't expect them to survive the opening weekend. So there you have it. That's, betting advice, free betting advice you know, from the guy himself. But I, I will, I will say this, um, throughout the course of my, uh, my all are part of four different decades on this planet here. Um, I started participating in NCAA brackets when i was 10 years old and so in that course of time i've won 11 brackets in my life and including last season you know so as someone who We're doesn't have to get you your own show so as someone bracketology who, with nwi steve at on tap sportsnet i'll get you and joey ricotta together um i i know that uh that you guys would just be fantastic. Joey Ricotta, if you guys, if if anybody who's a listener here uh, participates in betting, Joey Ricotta, 4-0 over on the ONTAP Pick of the Day over on TikTok, follow at ONTAP Sportsnet. Uh, he just started doing Picks of the Day. Go follow uh, the ONTAP Sportsnet TikTok account, and you'll get those picks. Steve, you and him would be electric together. 
I, I mean, hey, let's let's make it happen. You know, I've got a good I've got a good history on this. Um, and I tell you what, few things in this world excite me or get my juices flowing more than making money on something I don't pay any attention to. There you go. There you go. You pay a lot of attention to the White Sox, though. You don't bet on them. That is true. I uh, I I can't bet with my heart. And uh, you know, I, I've said on a numer- on numerous occasions. I kind of feel at times like I'm in an abusive relationship with my baseball team and I just can't find myself to put money on them given that context. <laughs> well, I mean, Steve, you've, you've probably been heartbroken many times by this team. Uh, I can, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can understand that. Steve, it's been an awesome 45 minutes uh, just about talking about the White Sox and, and some of the spring training moves um, uh, that have been made. Um, I love the 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 fact that we've gotten to do this twice now in what like three days. This is this is awesome. This is good for hashtag content, baby. You know, let's keep it going. Let's get, hey, Rick, if you're watching, and I know you are, because why wouldn't you be? Get get on the phone. Get that. Get those texts going out there. You know, talk to you know Mosellock in in St. Louis, or or talk to Andrew Friedman out in L.A. Let's get Craig Kimbrell on a plane. Let's get him out there somewhere. And uh, let's let's figure something out. If you want to find another starting pitcher to add into the mix, let's make it happen. You know? You think they're gonna get a starter for, for Kimbrell? I'm not 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 necessarily for Kimbrell, but I, you know, there there could be multiple rules, but or hey, maybe even maybe even we get the Rick Hahn three-way special. We Ooh. know he we know he loves those. So who knows? Maybe we haven't can, seen one of those in a long time. We, we haven't, but you know, hey, was listen, the last one the Todd Frazier deal? I I believe it would have been the Todd Frazier deal. Um so you know, we we know he's got he's got a history with that though. If if we know anything, Rick Hahn loves a good three-way deal. So um, Rick, if you're listening, and why wouldn't you be? You know, let's make it happen. There you go. Maybe we'll see a, a Rick Hahn three-way deal happen this this I week. Mean, and we'll you, have to be back on the microphone, Steve. I mean, we'll have look, to be back on the mic. Listen, usually you got to pay double for that kind of action, but you know, hey, listen, it's spring training. We're just getting loose here. Awesome, awesome stuff here from from Steve. He's bringing the heat, and that's why he is. Uh, uh, Joey Ricotta gave him a new name. It is NSFWI, Steve. That's that's that you, you better change the Twitter handle. I can't wait for it. Um, we got Southside Ron has made an appearance oh, here. Sunday, Monday, crack them. Southside Ron's checking in on some some socks on tap action. Ron looking, Ron looking handsome in that picture. Woo. He is looking pretty handsome in that picture. Um, you know, S- Steve, I did hear from from some sources that Southside Ron may not be in attendance to the opening day tailgate in Lot B. And that kind of breaks my heart just that hurts a little bit. My, that hurts my heart a lot right there because if there's one thing I love about being in Loppy, it's just, you know, Southside Ron making making that appearance. His hair is usually very much on point. And, and I respect a, a man with good quality hair. Ron um, does. I think Ron takes exceptional care of that hair. Every time you see it, it's in it's in perfect condition. He's 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 just got that flow, and that's that's what you can expect from a guy on the south side like Southside Ron. Um, you can hear him over at Cubs on Tap, and follow them at Cubbies on Tap if you're into that sort of thing. Um, Steve, any other White Sox topics that you want to get to? 
because I mean, there's there's plenty of stuff to talk about, but we don't have to we don't have to go too far in depth. I, we've got about ten minutes left here. Uh, what are your what are your topics of of discussion that you would like to move on to? You know, biggest thing for well, not not the biggest thing, but I think a very important thing is tickets for the aforementioned home opener on April twelfth go on sale this coming Tuesday, folks. They so, do. You know, make sure you're at your computers at your designated um, pre-sale times and on sale times there because this is going to be the party of the year. It always is. There ain't no party like a Lon B party on opening day. So let's go. Will Yonder Alonzo be working the phones, though? That's what I need to know. You know, I've reached out to a couple of my sources to get verification on that. And as always, working to confirm. Okay. Socks on tap investigates. We'll figure out if yonder Alonzo is going to call you and ask you to purchase season tickets. Um, I, I I'm, I'm highly doubtful that that's going to be the case, but Steve, that just brings me to the next question. Say you were in a white Sox season ticket holder, what white Sox player current or, or, or past. If they called you and said, you're signing up for this 81 game plan. That's way out of your price range. Would you be unable to, to refuse i am boy if i had to pick one if i had to pick one out of just straight fear it would have to be joey albert bell because i would just be very fearful that he might come through the phone and physically harm me if i were to say no because as we all know he was a very very large man um white Sox single season home run record with 49 in the 1998 season and you know, he just had a very uh, menacing look about him in the batter's box. And I I don't know if he really pressed the issue on me, if I would be able to refuse that offer. So I, I would say I would probably have to go with Joey Albert Bell. So Albert Bell's calling you up and saying, Steve, you're purchasing these tickets. And Steve says, all right, that's fine. There's no There's no discussion there. You're just purchasing season tickets. I mean, what alternative do I have this, in that this situation? Seems, this seems kind of this seems kind of backwards. I I was kind of hoping that you'd go with you know some favorite player. Now, what if they're sitting next to you? You know, we're buying season tickets together. Who who which former White Sox player would you like to sit with for an entire season of White Sox baseball games? That's got to be Mark Burley because you know l- listen you know fellow. I put that on a T for you, fellow soft tossing southpaw pitcher who as as we've seen on twitter.com he loves to pound the tall bush lights when he is in attendance at cardinals games periodically so he would fit in very well with this group over here speaking of we need to we need to start a petition for bush lights to be in stadium for just for our guy johnny nani i i i feel kind of bad uh, for Johnny, when he when he gets in into the stadium and he goes immediately to the Modelo's, sometimes he does some Bud Lights, but there's nothing worse than you know walking into a sports venue or a concert venue and not having your choice of drink. Listen, I I happen to love latte time myself. I I partake in couple two tree last night, you know, and uh, I had myself a grand old time. So listen, if they decided they wanted to you know have latte time at the corner of 35th and Schultz, I would not object in any way. I forgot that you moved 
allegiances. It's not it's not necessarily that I've moved allegiances, believe me. I still I still enjoy the diet course product very very much so. But you know, I just I I'm maintaining a well diversified portfolio of of beer products. I out guess there. you can say I've I've kind of done the same since I found a new source that brings me Yingling Lager. It's good to have hashtag sources. It is, it is. And I, I've got to say, I'm, I'm rocking the Budweiser tonight, but it's always good to have some sort of backup. But the people need to know, Steve, if you've got to choose one or the other, what's it going to be? It, it definitely would be the Coors Light. Uh, that's that's the bread and butter. You know, that is the the core of, of my existence right there. And that's really the thing that got me going into the beer game uh, back when I was a young lad. And uh, that's that's always going to be the one that I'm going to go back to in the end. The silver bullet. It's good to know. It's but good to listen, a little, little bit of beer talk here. Those, those, Sunday, those mountains, get, those mountains get blue. I mean, how you can't go wrong. You know it's cold when it's yeah. blue. Steve, I don't really have much else to talk about. I'm just I'm happy that we got to do this show, like I said earlier, twice in a weekend. That just signifies to me that it's spring. We lost an hour of sleep last night. I'm getting a little bit tired. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah. It's probably time to close this one down. Before we do that, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Uh, we've got a, a, a bunch of talented White Sox writers who are going to be covering the White Sox this season. Um, there may be a few additions to that staff, but as of right now, be sure you're following uh, our guy, Matt Berklin, uh, Aaron Fitzpatrick, uh, one of our new additions to the team. He's written some really cool stuff. One of the articles that he wrote uh, recently was about White Sox broadcast history. I'm excited uh, for more of his work. I'm sure you're following Johnny Nani. I'm sure you probably are if you're turned in, tuned into this show. Um, follow Steve, my guy Steve, right here. Uh, bringing you the hashtag facts on on tab sports. Hey, Anth- Anthony, we got some we got some breaking news here we, on uh, Twitter. We got a couple pieces of breaking news oh. directly impacting the American League Central. Oh the, boy, the New York Yankees have acquired Josh Donaldson and recently acquired Isaiah Kiner Falefa from the Minnesota Twins. Oh boy, it's not often that the the closing remarks of the show get uh, interrupted with some breaking news. But Josh Donaldson going to the Yankees is just such a Yankees move. I love the move because I hate them. This is just all the more perplexing. And and former White Sox murderer Nelson Cruz has signed a deal or is in discussions with the Washington Nationals. Get him out of the AL Central. So we get we got listen the Stovis addition firing. by subtraction here. I like the, this. The Stovis firing makes makes the Twins' decision to go out and acquire Sonny Gray earlier today all that more perplexing. It just you really hate to see the Minnesota Twins sink back into the abyss of the American League Central. It's a real shame and something you just hate to see. Yeah, you do. You you hate to see that, Steve. I'm I'm very very happy that the nationals are in talks with Nelson Cruz. Get him out of the AL. Am, <laughs> That's all I, am, I have to I say. Am, I am very, very happy with that. Very happy with that. I don't want him in the AL. I know that there's going to be some schedule changes coming up next year, but please, please, please baseball gods get Nelson Cruz away from White Sox pitching. Agreed. That's 
music to my ears and will absolutely be commemorated the next time I take a sip of beer, just thinking about not having to watch Nelson Cruz hit home runs. Yeah, we uh, we saw firsthand awesome. how painful that could be. And so if he wants to go and uh, spend his time with Washington on a team that's not going anywhere, enjoy yourself. Great stuff. Um, I, I was I was giving some shout outs to some White Sox writers before you brought in the breaking news, and that's what we'll do here. Sometimes we will we will bring you the breaking news as we're recording. Um, but Steve, I'm going to get back on on my little tour of of on tap promotions as we close things down. Um, I talked about Aaron Fitzpatrick. I talked about you. Uh, go follow uh, uh, Buzz on Tap. He hasn't been present on the show in just a little while. We're still trying to track him down, Steve. I might need to send an investigative party uh, out to his house um, to see if he's alive. I know he's doing some Bulls on Tap episodes. You could probably find him there. I don't watch the Bulls, um, so I, I, I don't know what's going on there. But we need to get Buzz back on the show. We need to get Johnny back on the show. Um, Steve, if if Buzz doesn't show up for the next time, what are what are your what are your words for him? Well, <laughs> if if he doesn't show up, I'm just going to assume it's because um, my Loyola Ramblers are still the reigning, defending, undisputed state champions. In Go college from basketball to for the Loyola. Land of Listen, well, I knew you see, guys had this beef. See, here here's the thing though. My dad has a degree from Loyola University, and according to the rules of the Geneva Convention, I am allowed to claim them. Okay. Gotcha. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. All right. We're trying to we're trying to smoke them out here. That's what we're doing. <laughs> All right. I don't have anything else, Steve. Awesome. Sunday fun day episode of Socks on Tap. Uh, once again, be sure you're following us on YouTube so you can hop in here, comment live, um, and, and interact with us during the show. We love that. Thanks for everybody who did that today. Steve, White Sox forever. White Sox for life.